mini retirement. Sound like a super sexy, amazing idea where you can work a few years, make great money and progress, and then take 6 to 12 months to have some fun, do your thing, travel around, pick up a new hobby, what have you not, but then readily transit back into the job market as if nothing has ever happened. <laughs> or even progress into your next venture. But is that the truth? What are the realities in the career markets? How should you envision your finances if you're no longer going for the 65-year retirement benchmark? Will you be priced out of major milestones like owning a property, setting up a family and financial progress. We'll explore all that and more today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to a special mini-series of Provident Chills with TFC. In this series, we will bring on a team of wealth managers and financial professionals with varied life experiences to share about the topics we believe you will be interested in. Definitely, this series is sponsored by Provident. If you cannot yet tell, they are Singapore's first fee-only wealth advisory firm, meaning all their clients pay them a fixed fee for planning their finances. They do not accept any fees or compensation from product providers at all. And they believe that with this model, there will be no conflict of interest. So, to talk about this topic, we must have someone that's been there and done that. Having travelled around after leaving his job in one of the biggest banks, built a location-independent business, bought a home in Spain with his wife, and plunged back into professional financial planning career with the team in Singapore. I'm excited to introduce you, Max Keeling, Head of Expat Division at Provident, avid backpacker and someone I believe is living life to the fullest rather than endlessly pursuing more money. So, okay, paint me a little bit of picture, okay? Yeah. You left the corporate job. Yeah. And you jump into a digital business. Yeah. Right? That doesn't sound like retirement. <laughs> <laughs> so, what is retirement to you? Yeah. So, I think most people do not have many financial mentors or role models. So, it tends to be you look at what your parents did, you look at what your grandparents did. And really, things have changed a lot over the last 20, 30 years in terms of what retirement means. So most young people are still, I've got this old model <laughs> mindset, I think. Boomer, boomer. Yeah, and so <laughs> if you think, like we might call them in Singapore the pioneer generation or mm. you've got the baby boomers. And really that was about, uh, you perhaps didn't have a degree, you got a job, you might have worked for the same company all your life. Mm. You've got money going into CPF. Mm. If you're overseas, you've got money going into probably a, a pension scheme. And then you retire at 65. And then you perhaps live to your 80. So you've got 15 years of retirement and you've got enough money to kind of cover you. Whereas now what we tend to see is people are tend to be more educated, they might have a degree, uh, they build in professional careers, they might work for a number of different employers over their lifetime, or we've seen more people maybe have two or three careers. So they, mm. they could do 10 or 15 years in one career and decide, hey, I don't want to be an accountant, mm. uh, I want to be uh, 
winemaker or something and then move into that for 15 That's years. That's like midlife crisis thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm an engineer. And then I was like, oh, I hate this. I'm going to make wine. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and so the reality of that, though, is there's lots of studies that show as people move around, they tend to not save as much money as they would have if they'd just stayed in one place. So it could be that you had a high-earning job, but then because you're switching, maybe you're not putting as much money away. Um, and also, people are living longer now than they, they kind of did the older generation. So for me, uh, I guess retirement is... The old model could be seen as a, a life deferment scheme where you say, when I retire, I'm going to do all the fun things I've wanted to do. Mm. People want to go traveling. Travel I'm going to take up golf. Yeah. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Um, and it's always one day I'm going to do that. Um, and for me, it's more about, okay, I don't want to defer all the fun stuff. I want to scatter that throughout my life. Mm, mm, mm. And that's the, the whole concept of this mini retirement idea mm. is if you've always wanted to travel, why wait till you're 65 to book that round the world mm. tour? Why not do it when you're 30, 35, 40, 45? Mm. And possibly you might want to live, you might want to work longer. You know, we might, we see people that are working into their 60s and 70s because they enjoy it, but maybe it's not a full-time job. Maybe it's helping out different people. And so I think that idea of work has become a lot more fluid. And sure. I think a lot of young people are still looking at what their parents did and comparing themselves and saying, oh, have I built up enough money or not? And I think you have to realize there's a lot more options available to you now. Yeah. And the reality is your parents and your siblings and your friends and your grandparents probably won't like it if you say you're going to do something unusual because <laughs> that's not what they did. So you'll get a lot of resistance. I know. Um, I'm vibing with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you, you're in a different situation. Um, and so you've got to think about what works for you and make sure you've got a plan around that um, and just see whether you can do something a little bit different. So when I was traveling, so I did that whole like travel, yeah. go around, meet people and then do the whole backpacking thing, right? So I actually met this one guy from the UK yeah. and he was cycling down to Asia. Wow. Okay. So he was on his bike, four bags, you know, two bags in front, two bags at the back. Yeah. And then he was just cycling all the way from London, across the straits and then all the way down. Wow. I met him in China and then after that, he continued to cycle all the way to Singapore and then went to Australia. I was like, what the hell is this guy doing? Yeah. <laughs> so, and that, that is the kind of the beauty of choices today, right? The modern yeah. way of life that yes. you have this kind of ability to move around and yeah. there are many ways to re-envision life, you know. And um, there are some discussion about life becoming more and more nomadic, you know, yes. with the whole digital interface yep. that you can get your jobs online and all those kind of stuff right so, yeah so that's a beauty and it, you look at covid this has been a great mass experiment to show whether you can do your role from home mm. um like you know i've worked in banks and financial services for a long time if we had said in 2019 we want to see if we can get the whole workforce to work from home that would have been a massive project. There was probably like a five-year thing, bringing in consultants, <laughs> trying McKinsey. to build the infrastructure. Um, but all of a sudden you had this global event that said, right, we're going to force everyone and we're just going to see what happens. Mm. And so everyone very quickly adapted to Zoom and 
uh, Microsoft Teams and all that kind of stuff. So I think it's proven to a lot more people that you can work from home. And if you can work from home, you don't necessarily have to be in the same country. So all of a sudden, we've seen a lot of case studies come up in different countries where people are saying, hey, if I can get a flight out, why don't I go and stay in Bali or Thailand or France or whatever? I'll be there for three or four months. I can do my job exactly the same because everyone's at home and then I can come back. So I, th I think that will definitely play out over the next decade in terms of jobs that people previously thought they would have to come to a physical location in a specific country, in a specific nine to five or whatever the time is, actually that's been challenged massively, which mm. is exciting. Yeah. And do you consider that like retirement? You know, working on the go and being nomadic and all. Yeah. So um, I think you have to look at it as a spectrum, I think, in terms of you've got that traditional work for one company work to your 65. Um, then on the extreme end of that, you've got the fire movement, like financially independent, retire early. So maybe you're going to save as much as you can and you're going to try and finish work at 35, 40. Um, and then you've got everything in between, which then says you could be taking a break of one to three months every few years. Um, so... Even within that, you've got, you could take a sabbatical, which mm. is usually workplace sponsored. A lot of workplaces now have schemes where you can take unpaid leave and then come back to your job. Or it could be what's classed as a career break where you quit your job and then go off for three or four months. It could be flexible working where you say, you know what, I'd love to live in Bali, but maybe you don't like the idea of quitting your job um, and seeing what you can do. Maybe it's trying to bring in, well, why don't I try and live in Bali now for three months of the year but still keep my job? Mm. So I think it's it's not necessarily about retiring and saying I'm never going to work. Mm. It's about saying what works for you and if you like the idea of, of periods of time where you don't work, maybe you could scatter those through your working career or... Uh, like I'm a big fan of Tim Ferriss and the four-hour work four week. Hour. Yeah, and the idea of that is that is not about not working. That's about saying how can I create a stream of income that is not dependent on me being in a location. So maybe mm. that's building an online business. And if I can build automated systems, which is a lot easier now, maybe you're working 10 hours a week if you want to. You might want to work 60 hours a week, but you want to do it in Bali, you know, picking mm. on Bali. Um, <laughs> That's so, nomad heaven, just saying. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I think it's about redefining, um, like at Provident, we would tend to call it financial independence. Mm. It's, it's more about, can you build up your, your savings over the long term to give you the ability that if you didn't want to work, you don't have to, but that doesn't necessarily mean that traditional, great, I've made it, I'm 60, I'm going to retire early. Mm. Um, it could be that you haven't quite reached financial independence, but hey, you want to take two years off work, let's plan it out. Yeah, I think you'll be fine. And you can just pick back up where you were before. And so um, 
rather than this traditional chart of your assets growing, 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 and then you retire and they go down, maybe they go up and then they come down a little mm. bit and then go up. So that doesn't fully answer your question, but I think it's, again, it's maybe it's just inspiring people to say, we're not saying that you should eat rice and beans and then retire <laughs> at 35 like a fire movement. <laughs> Some people love that idea. <laughs> I love how vivid it is. Right? Yeah. Rice and beans, okay? 20 years, you get there. Some people do it, don't they? You know, they they're like, I'm going to live in the smallest place possible and I'm going to do it. And, that, and that's great for them. Mm-hmm. Um, for some people, it's going to be saying, you know what? If you're in a corporate career and you don't want to be a lawyer or whatever you've ended up doing, maybe that's fine. You could do that for 10 years and then realize you, you can change careers. Mm-hmm. It might be scary, but you could change careers and might give you a work-life balance mm. and in between that career change maybe you're going to take a year off to figure out what you want to do yeah and that's perfectly fine you're not firebombing your financial <laughs> plan it's mm. it's okay mm. and that's part about the scariness right people are yeah. really scared of it you know because yeah. it is not it's not the narrative yet Right, most people are still subscribed to you know the the sixty five year or one time yeah all the way you know marathon kind of thing yeah and while we're not propagating the other side we're somewhere in between maybe yeah ten years into your career you take a break revisit yeah. if you want to do this again you know so maybe you would do three or four retirements throughout your life yeah which is beautiful yeah but the first one probably is a little scary yeah right so how do we go about that so for instance when I was at Barclays. First thing I did was speak to my manager, which I was worried about. Um, but actually, he was very supportive, and it turned out he'd had a couple of breaks. <laughs> and then when you speak to HR, I found out, actually, Barclays is fine for employees to take. I think you're allowed to take two, six- or 12-month breaks in your career if you wanted, unpaid. So the first thing I would do, if someone's thinking about it, is find out from your company whether this is actually... I don't think because imagine you're working for a, a large corporate. Or let's say you're working for DBS at the moment. Mm. Not sponsored, and, by the way. This is not employee recruitment sponsored. No, no. <laughs> but you find out. Oh yeah, all you have to do is ask. As long as your manager's approved. Mm. Um, you, if you want to take three months off, not a problem. You could take six months. You could take twelve months. I think that's a really good way of trialing it because you've got a job to come back to. Now, if you take three months off you'll probably come back to the same job. If you want to take 12 months off, you'll probably have to sign something to say, we will find you a job when you come back, but it might not be the same one. Mm. Um, Which is fair enough because you're going to be gone for a while. But that could be a really easy way of doing it in terms of saying, why not just test the waters? And I haven't got to quit to go and do this. And you might say, okay, is three months really a mini retirement? Um, is it just an extended holiday? But I think it's how you treat it and what mindset you go in with. So some people just need a break. Maybe you just feel burnt out and you do just need that three months off. Uh, For someone else, it might be you're going to use that three to six months to maybe upskill yourself in another area. So let's say after this podcast, you straight away go and read the four-hour work week. (laughs) And you're like, I love it, but I know nothing about building online businesses. Mm. You could easily spend a couple of months just getting immersed in that whole world. Um, and 
and, and getting to know that and really figure out is that something you feel you could genuinely transition to or let's say you have always wanted to be work in a vineyard let's use that again <laughs> is you, that like what you want to do <laughs> <laughs> no but i have a few clients that going through this process actually did want to buy a vineyard and when you say okay well let's go and investigate how much is it to buy a vineyard and i've got a client at the moment they've just bought a vineyard in new zealand mm. it's not as expensive as you think mm. and it's not as crazy and so if that's somebody's dream how much would it cost Um, so they bought somewhere for about seven hundred thousand Sing dollars. Okay. Yeah. It's okay. So it's not massive. Yeah. Um, you can buy some for cheaper, but maybe it makes crappy wine. I don't know. <laughs> um, but it's it's about if that's your dream, you could go and explore that. Mm. So let's say you did want to become a winemaker, mm. you could go and volunteer to work on a vineyard in France, New Zealand, Australia. For free, you know, if you phoned up and said, "Hey, I want to come and work for free," they'd be like, "Yeah, yeah great, man, come." <laughs> yeah, and you could you know, imagine you could spend a month in the Champagne region of France. Okay, maybe not the moment with COVID, <laughs> but let's say when things open up, yeah. um, you, you could use that time to go and explore it and go. Actually, no, this isn't for me, or it just sparks an interest. So I, I would start small. And use that as an opportunity to explore some different options, or at least have the time to go and do it. Um, because I think a lot of people get stressed out that they're working long hours. Especially, I find in Singapore, if you're working for a large company as well, you do get caught out on time zones. So when the UK comes in, like three o'clock in the afternoon, you've got late night calls. If you're working with New York. So some people can get stressed out that I haven't got the time to investigate these things on the side. Maybe that's why you just try out a, a break, mm. even if it was a, for a month. Mm. Um, you could probably get a month off work just with holiday, yeah. And speak to your manager and say, "Can I just take a month off? I'll take all my leave in one go, um, and go in with that intention of I'm going to use that time to investigate what what works for me." Mm. So I think the beauty is about exploring, right? I think a lot yeah. of pe a lot of people have this um, idea that retirement is a time where you don't do anything. Yeah. You know, but based on the preliminary discussion that we are having, right, it sounds like retirement has a lot of things going on. Yeah. <laughs> It's like vineyard, you know, <laughs> travel, yeah. all these stuff, right? So, what do you think are some things that people should really consider when it comes to taking this kind of short retirement? Yeah. You know, what would kind of allow them to benefit you know i, I want to steer away from the whole like maximizing your retirement and all that yeah. because i don't think that's kind of how life should be everything is about maximization yes but truth be told as i was traveling first few weeks was so exciting and <laughs> yeah. then it became like um you know it's kind of like the same thing again and yeah. again right so then i kind of you know the, the system is you go to this new city you go to this new town You explore yeah. two weeks in. You kind of find your favorite coffee joint. You yeah. find your favorite dining place, and then it becomes like you start living here. Right? Yeah. So it's very different um, as to what, how people envision the whole excitement about traveling and all, right? So how would mini retirements kind of look like, you know, yeah. in your view? And yeah, so just going back, if someone is in a corporate career, one thing they should take comfort in as well is if you left for a year. You can totally pick up where you left off, and you come back 
in a few years' time, no one will even remember that you took a year off. So don't <laughs> worry that, oh my God, I'm going to lose my technical knowledge of this and the other. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sorry, you're not actually as important as you think you are. <laughs> the world will revolve <laughs> and you can pick back up. Mm-hmm. So um, d- don't feel you have to do three months just because we're saying that's, you know, if you want to be brave, go for a longer period. Um, for me and my wife, we found we like this idea of slow travel. So we've tried um, the first break I had with Barclays. I did do six months off, and we did the traditional backpacking where you're moving every two or three days. So we started off in Japan, spent a month going through China. Um, then going through Thailand, Malaysia, and then Australia, and then New Zealand, and then fly back home. Um, And like you said, it's great, and you get to see loads of places, but then sometimes you're just sick of moving all the time and and packing and and all of that. But it's great to try it. Um, Then when I left in 2016, we did this slow travel idea. So we would move every three months, but we'd stay in one place. So we went to Chiang Mai. We rented an Airbnb apartment for three months and did exactly what you said, like live the life, find out where the supermarket is, the coffee shop. Um, Then we did three months in Gran Canaria, uh, which is, if you look on a map, is just off the coast of Africa, but is considered part of Spain. Mm. Um, we did... It's a beautiful place, by the way. Yeah, so, it's yeah. amazing. Um, we've got a small house in Ibiza in Spain, so we did six, seven months there. Uh, we did three months in Australia, in one place, in Noosa. Um, so for us, that worked really well for us because you feel like you get to test the lifestyle out. You can rent somewhere... You can get into your, your food routine the same, whereas obviously when you're traveling, you're moving every day. It's great that you get to try lots of different food and eat at restaurants, but then every so often you're like, I'm just sick of eating out. I know, um, I know. So that, that's the other option as well. Let's say someone's listening to this and they're 55 and they're like, oh, I don't want to backpack and move all the time. <laughs> it's like, you don't have to. You could just say, I'm going to base myself in one place or I'm going to do three weeks at a time in different places and and just take it slow. Um, It doesn't have to be... Again, I think the traveller movement, if you like, has moved on a lot over the years. Mm. So, yes, you can do it very cheaply if you want, and that's fun. Um, But you could just go and space yourself in one place for three months. Yeah, or you could just pick up something, right? Learn something new, do something. Yeah. I had friends who just, you know, they want to learn how to like surfboard. Yep. There are no waves here, right? So, yeah. so they stayed in Australia, yeah. right? And they just did that whole surfing thing for a few months and then yeah. season's off and then they come back and then do yeah. their thing, right? So, And also, I think you don't have to travel. I think often people think if you have a time off or let's say you took six months out, 12 months off, the traditional thing is, oh, you've got to go traveling. And, and some people are just like, I'm not into that. So you don't have to go. You could stay in Singapore and say, right, I'm going to learn a skill, woodworking or whatever. But I think there I, is... I'm not, I'm not sure if there's woodworking here. I think there is. You can, you, yeah. <laughs> so I like the idea of making my own furniture. Mm-hmm. This is a side project. Yeah. but So I would love to make that chair, this table. Mm. Um, you can do woodworking workshops where okay. you go to someone's workshop uh, they teach you what to do and you build a chair over time. So just as an aside. 
But having said that, I think you can get a lot out of going to another country mm. and just spending time there. Even if you see yourself long term in Singapore or a different country, I think you grow a lot as a person just by uprooting yourself. Yes. Um, so what I've really taken away massively from travel is actually you don't need many clothes. Like if, you, if, you, if you've got a backpack and you've got two or three T-shirts, a couple of pairs of shorts, those shorts might be swim shorts as well. You've got your pants, you've got your socks, you've got a few pairs of shoes, you know, that's it. And if you do that for a three or four months, you really get into the routine and you can, if you're going somewhere nice, you can dress it up. If you're going somewhere chilled, you can dress down and you've got everything you want in a capsule wardrobe. And so... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. In a way, it's quite cathartic to get rid of all of your personal possessions mm. and just see what's the minimum you can live with. So that when you come back to normal life and a normal job, let's say. Sounds kind of sad. Um, <laughs> you realize that it's that chance to detach yourself from material things. Yes. And maybe then you realize you can save more money than you thought mm. because you don't need all the trappings. And I think when you're in one place, it's it's easy to get caught up in the keeping up with the Joneses or keeping up with the Tens. Mm. Um, and I think you only get more perspective when you leave. Yes. So I'm not saying everyone has to go traveling, but I think if you could spend a period abroad, I think everyone would benefit from it. And if you're in places like Thailand, Malaysia, Cambodia, and you see what little other people have, it humbles you that mm. they're like really happy and you get to see that. And then if you come back to a Singapore, you're like, wow, I don't need a massive place to live. Mm. Um, that can maybe help change people's patterns then around what they think they're going to need for retirement in the future and what they feel their core lifestyle costs are here. Mm. Yeah, and that's the beauty of doing a little bit of retirement, like mini retirements along the way. Yeah. You open up your perspectives, you pick up new skills, you kind of test different ways of living yeah. that will lead you to the ultimate retirement when the labor market doesn't want you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so at some point, you it's not about, you know, not wanting to work, but maybe you're obsolete within the yeah. labor market and you have to retire. Having tried all these little, little episodes, one year here, six months yeah. there, two years there, kind of gives you a little bit more clarity as to how things can potentially look like. Yeah. People are still generally very concerned about, like, will that derail my financial plans? Yeah. Right? And that is when we kind of bring in these kind of objective understanding of, like, how much will it cost? And, yeah. You know, how do I go about doing this without derailing my plans? Yeah. So I think a key element of that is you need a plan. So if you're listening to this <laughs> and you don't have a life plan 
with an associated financial plan, that's where I would start. Um, so it sounds grand, but um, so a book that I recommend people read is uh, Money Master the Game by Tony Robbins. Mm. Now, some people don't like Tony Robbins. He's very rah-rah. Mm. And the book, it takes him six pages to say what he could have said in half a paragraph. Um, <laughs> but what I really like about that book is... He gets you to think about visions of your life and what you want to achieve. So a lot of people are not interested in money and investing. So mm. it's like, don't, you shouldn't be starting there anyway. It's about get a notepad and pen, go down to Sentosa, sit on the beach, look out to the sea. Tanjong Beach Club. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe not the beach club because you'll drink and get, get distracted. <laughs> go to Tanjong Beach, but mm-hmm. sit by yourself. Um, <laughs> And just write down what are some things you would love to achieve. Um, and it doesn't have to be a grand plan, but it's like, do, do you like the idea of traveling? Do you enjoy your job? Maybe you do. Um, or are there other options you would have wanted to do? What kind of lifestyle do you want? Have you always wanted to own a Porsche? Or actually, is cars not your thing? So that's fine. Um, dream big. Put down some fantasy things. Let's say you did want a Ferrari. Wicked. I'm all for it. Put put down everything you could ever want. And then that starts to give you a bit of an outline of a plan. Like you can start to put some timelines around that. Then that's when you should do the financial planning. And it can start with just documenting what you've currently got. Like you'll be amazed at how many clients when they come in, we get them to fill out like a data capture form of, what do you earn? What do you think you spend? What assets have you got? What cash have you got? People provide it to us. We then reformat it and present it back to them to say, right, this is the information you've given me. Is this right? The number of people must be 60% go, oh, wow, this is amazing. I've never seen this before. Never seen it all in one place. And you're mm. like, well, this is just information you've given me. Like, <laughs> so... That makes me realize how many people don't have a handle on their situation. So, again, just write it down. Even if you don't like Excel, this, we're not talking about rocket science here. This is just what you spend, what you earn, what you think you save, what your cash balances are. Um, and then you can start to do some rough calcs to say, right, I like the idea of traveling, but maybe I'll do it in three years' time. Or let's say you said you want to go backpacking for three months, you could go and cost that up and work out, right, genuinely, how much does it cost to go backpacking? Loads of websites out there, you could go and look that up. Um, but let's say it's going to cost you 15,000 sing. Right, I need to save 15,000 sing over the next three years. I can project that out and I can see what other savings I've got. Um, then you start to get a feel for, if you're really good at Excel... You know, you could project this out until you're 65, 70, 80. And, you know, I, I know a lot of people that do and they get excited and they do all that. Some people are not Excel savvy. Um, this is the kind of stuff we would help people with where we would use software to model it out. Um, but you don't have to. But it's starting with a plan of it's your life. Like if you don't plan it, you're going to live somebody else's life plan. Mm. So... Don't be ashamed if it is materialistic, but at least document it and yeah. put it down. Be and real then, with yourself. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then see what comes out of that and then see what the finances look like. And 
God, if you're going to live to your 80, taking two years of not earning anything is not going to mean anything. Um, and so maybe putting some plans around it will give people more comfort. Um, so I like the four-hour work week. He's got some exercises in there as well for people to say, like, go and cost up your dream life. So if you genuinely are sat there going, oh, I'd love to live in Bali, but it'll never happen. Guess what? Living in Bali doesn't cost that much money. It's cheap. Yeah. I mean, if you want to live in Seminyak, okay, that's one thing. If you're going to be in the north of, of Bali, you're going to, it's going to cost you way less than you think. Um, and so you can go and cost it up. I think that's the key thing is uh, you mentioned having that curiosity of, mm, I wonder how much that does cost. Can I find someone else that's already done it? Can I listen to some podcasts of people being interviewed that have made that shift and I can get a feel for what that might look like? Um, but you've got to drive the plan. Maybe if you want a slightly different lifestyle, maybe you've got to be even better at building plans because maybe you can get away with not speaking to a financial advisor or a planner like us if you're happy to just have the normal nine-to-five job retiring you later. But if you want to do something more incredible with your life and more interesting, you've got to put the work in. Mm. Um, so go and read up around the subject. Go and understand more about it. Get involved. Get excited about Excel spreadsheets. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's because I'm an accountant, from an accountant and I know yeah. I love spreadsheets <laughs> but you know these are the things that can start to give you comfort that people are going to think I'm crazy but it's okay I've got my spreadsheet <laughs> I've got a budget um, mm -hmm. and it's amazing what you can then start to build up in your life and I've seen it happen as soon as you start doing those visions of what, what it is you want to achieve all of a sudden you get much more motivated about doing the mundane things like let's say it's setting up an SRS account <laughs> maybe before you knew it was on your to-do list and it's been on there for three years but all of a sudden you're like oh yeah I'm going to be traveling for six months I need to open that SRS account get saving my tax yeah I'm all over it um because a lot of these, a lot of things around your money and investing in finance is boring. Mm, and that's mm, why people don't mm, do it. But if mm. you've got this driving vision of, yeah, I want that Ferrari, man, yeah, mm, come on, mm. I'm going to do it, then uh, it, it gets you out of bed, it gets you up early, it gets you looking into side hustles and side businesses and, and all that kind of side of it. Um, and the money side then just miraculously starts to fall into place. Mm -hmm. Nice. I think you talk about side hustles, you yeah. know, like businesses, and yeah. that's something that you attempted to, to yeah. do, right? And yeah. it's probably something that a lot of people will also explore, yeah. you know, in in their process of trying to do like mini retirements and all, right? Yeah. In a sense, um, to to some people, it's, it's not a mini retirement, it's an attempt to retire now. Yes. Right? So it's like, I am done with my corporate job 10 years in audit. Yeah. I have enough and I really want to switch out. Yeah. Right. So to them, it's not like I'm not passing. I just want to end it here. Yeah. Right? So then the whole like side income, side hustle thing becomes a thing. Yeah. It becomes a real idea that people are entertaining. Yeah. Right. So could you just kind of share with us your experience on that? Yeah. So um, if people want some inspiration of what that might look like, there's a podcast that I highly recommend, uh, which is um, Travel Like a Boss by Johnny FD. <laughs> 
<laughs> so there's a guy called Johnny FD. He is a legend in building location-independent businesses. Uh, so every week he interviews different people from around the world that are traveling around the world and are building businesses on the side. Um, so the concept is, on the one end, it could be building a small online business that covers your living costs. So you're not looking to make huge amounts of money, but let's say you could make 50,000 sing a year and you were traveling for a year. Actually, that one year's cost you nothing. Um, so you're not necessarily looking to work loads of hours, but you just want to build something on the side. And there are other people that are running multi-million dollar businesses whilst being location independent. Um, so again, it doesn't mean that if you drop out of the corporate world, you can no longer earn a good money. You, you definitely can. There's people earning decent money. Um, so Johnny FD basically gives you case studies then every week of people that are doing interesting things. I think it's also realizing no investment is purely passive. Like I think I see a lot of people Love obsessed with yes. um, they want to buy rental properties because mm -hmm. they say it's passive income. Oh yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> property is not passive. It's a hassle. Mm -hmm. But some people love the hassle, mm -hmm. and other people hate it. Um, if you buy index tracker funds that are passive, which we're big fans of at Provident, and I am personally, there's still an element of you need to know what you're doing. You might need to monitor them. There's rebalancing. So same as if you want to do this retirement idea, you still potentially need an income. You've still got to be active in some way. So that aside, the common type of things are doing some kind of online business because that way you don't have to be in a particular time zone. You can work whatever hours you want. So if we're talking about online businesses... Typically, it's selling some kind of product, selling some kind of service, or it's a content website with adverts. So if you're selling a product, um, it's going to be this kind of drop shipping idea where you find somebody that makes park benches in China, you build a website. Someone, they sell park benches. Yeah, only sells park benches. <laughs> Somebody buys on your website, you directly send that order to the supplier in China. Mm. The supplier sends it to your end mm. customer. You don't have warehouses, you don't have stock, you don't have anything. Mm. You just build that front end and you drive traffic. So that is drop shipping. So um, if that's just blown your mind, like, oh my God, I don't need a physical product, <laughs> go and look up drop shipping. Mm. Um, the next could be a service. So some of it might be... Uh, let's say you like video editing. You could... I don't. <laughs> you don't, no. But someone might do. Uh, you could edit people's videos for them for a mm, fee. Mm. And again, they engage you through a website. But you could do that in any time zone you wanted. Mm. Um, and then the other side is maybe your hobby is cooking. You could start a cooking website with recipes on it, mm. which then drives traffic to that website. You've then got adverts on it and you earn a small fee for every time people click in or you mm. sell recipes. So that's broadly the kind of businesses that people are building out there today mm. to then say, I want to be able to make 50,000, 100,000, 200,000 a year. Um, and so they're things that I've dabbled with and 
if someone was to take a mini retirement, I would say go to Chiang Mai. So I spent three months in Chiang Mai. It turns out that is the uh, the number one place in the world for digital nomads. Mm -hmm. There's more co-working spaces there than you've ever seen. Internet is really fast. There's a whole ecosystem of people supporting each other and people will go and spend months there to learn off each other. And I went to talks by a YouTuber that said, this is how I make 300,000 US dollars a year from YouTube. And you're like, wow, this is amazing. Um, I, so there's I need to go there to do an interview series. Oh. Right, my goodness. That yeah. would be amazing. You could just go to different co-working every day. Yeah, I was like, hi, I'm looking for Speak people. to someone next yeah. to you and say, hey, what do you do? And they'll yeah. say, I'm a coder. So that's another common one. Mm, if, mm. if you're a coder out there, you don't have to change careers. Just go and code in a different country. Mm. Um, and a common pushback I get is, oh, I've got kids, so this won't work for me. This is a young person's thing. Uh, like me and my wife met a number of people that had young kids and they were traveling and they were coders. So they would go and spend six months somewhere, enroll their kids in a local nursery um, and they would get jobs allocated to them so they could just work whatever hours they wanted and then they would move. So you can get creative, but um, yeah, you go to places like Chiang Mai and that's why I went to Gran Canaria Um you find certain places in the world get onto people's rotation list of where you go around. And you just learn a lot from other people and see what someone's doing next to you. And you're like, wow, I never thought of doing that. Mm. Um, and yeah, there's definitely people making really good money and they're working. So you might say, oh, but that's not retirement. But they're doing it in a country they want to and they're dictating their own hours. So you can work four hours a week if you want to, but equally, some people love working. So if you want to work 30, 40 hours a week, great. Go and do it surfing, like you said, in Australia. Um, that's really what that's about. But then you still came back to work in yes. that sense, right? Yeah. So you, you've done all these, right? You, you, you work in the big corporate and then you yeah. tried all these crazy things that people think are crazy, but it's getting more and more normal. Yeah. But then you still decide to come back. Yes. And you join Provident. Yeah. You're full-time working on a job, essentially. Yeah. Why? Yeah, so um, it's a really good question. So I started doing the coaching, uh, and I did it all online. Didn't meet anyone physically. Did it all through Zoom. So this is 2016, 17, 18. Um, was trying to sell courses as well online. Um, and for me, I'm still a financially ambitious person. Mm. So I don't necessarily want to eat rice and beans, yeah, but it means right. that I'm in Bali. Not, not a minimalist. Um, yeah. Right. Mm. So for me, the coaching side, I couldn't see a way of scaling it after I did it for a while. Um, and I'd looked at different models. And so for me, actually what I found that I loved was I loved the financial planning piece with people like getting them excited about their life vision. Because again, often they've not thought about it, they're busy at work. And all of a sudden you're, you're coaching people on, hey, this could happen. 
and because I love numbers and spreadsheets, <laughs> you could actually show people whether that's on track or not. Mm. Um, then I realized like I love investing more than most. Like I love reading fact sheets, <laughs> whereas most people won't. <laughs> so I realized actually this scalable way for me to earn decent money is maybe I work with a small number of people and I can charge for that. Um, but I won't go back to having a nine to five working 60 hours a week, let's say. If I keep it small and I work with more affluent people, so people that have got, say, two to 20 million sing dollars, then I can help those 30 or 40 families live an amazing life. Um, and I can achieve my own financial independence as well. And then with the support of Provident, so I've just realized this might lead to a load of people contacting us now, <laughs> wanting to replicate this. But, you know, Providence has been going 20 years. They've got a base here. We've got staff. We've got the support mechanism. So if I want to go and work in Ibiza in my home for three months, I can do that because we've got the machine running in Singapore. Um, and... A lot of my clients, I work with them on Zoom anyway, even if they're in Singapore. Um, so it wouldn't be unusual if I was talking to them remotely. And they all know what my vision is. And I almost feel like it's a bit like if you went to see a, um, a strength coach, you want to see that they can actually lift something impressive or you want to see a fitness professional that's got a body that you want mm. so i have a belly right yeah <laughs> so i feel i've got to walk the walk as well i've got to be showing this my lifestyle is not for everyone but here's a blueprint of what you could do um so i have kind of ended up back in a job but i've crafted it totally differently um and i've made a business that i think scalable for me but i will only take it to a certain level and then I, I'm still interested in the side hustle. I'm still interested in selling those park benches <laughs> on behalf of some Chinese manufacturer. Um, I love your references. Vineyard, park benches, <laughs> Ferraris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was um, like, wow, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. So I think the importance there as well is our business, and I ran it with my wife together, evolved over time. So what you've got to let go of is, and I was like this for, for a long time, is, oh, I, I, would, I would start a business, but I just can't think of an idea. Whereas actually, you've just got to start something and learn the ropes. And if it fails, good, because you've learned something. Now you know what doesn't work. Now you can develop something else. Maybe your fifth business will work, but if it just stays in your head, it'll never happen. So when I left Barclays in 2016, I, didn't, I had no intention of becoming a financial advisor. But things evolve over time and you, you get to talk to more people and you figure out how it could work. So me becoming a financial advisor, is that's just a regulated thing you've got to do if you want to manage people's money. So I, I don't see it that I'm a financial advisor. I still see it more that I'm coaching people on their money and helping them get to the life they want. I just have to be regulated to do that, mm. which is you just need a license to do that. Yeah. yeah. So most people you hear, they don't go into this with a fully fledged idea of what they want. It could be starting a business and it makes nothing, um, but you've tried it. 
you know, you've tried it. You haven't just sat in your banking job at DBS and thought, yeah, I'd love to write uh, a blog on cooking, but it won't make any money. But it's like, it doesn't need to. Just have you started a blog? Have you had a go at doing it? Have you had a go at writing? Have you put it out there on Facebook and social media and got over that fear that your friends are going to laugh at you because you've put out cooking recipes? Mm. You know, that's often... Mm. I know, again, I know. Yeah. yeah, I run a podcast. Exactly. <laughs> and you're putting yourself out there yeah. and then it's scary and you've got to. Yeah. Um, and maybe you don't know how you're going to monetize it, but you just start and you see where it, where it leads. Nice, nice. So you have done this unconventional thing and a lot of things are changing because once you kind of break out of the mold, everything, it's, it's possible, right? It's like, yeah. oh, this, you can do this, you can do that. There's so many other things. <clears throat> and I think you've shared a lot of great stuff. But I want to dig your brain a little bit. Last question. Yeah. What are some seismic global themes that are changing that will push someone further into... Mm. a different way of life rather yeah. than like, oh, nine to five, two sixty-five kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. What are some forces globally that you see happening? Um, well, one we've touched on is COVID. So I think that is definitely, if you assumed you had to have an office job as an accountant, you've just been forced to work from home. And what we've seen is some people have loved it and have actually found them more productive and some people have hated it and said, I can't wait to go back to the office. So that's a good experiment for yourself. So hopefully that's given people some ideas about their current job. Could they see that as a, a way of crafting a lifestyle that they're not necessarily in the office? So that's definitely a, a big theme. And then on the back of that, we've now seen, say compared to 10, 15 years ago, the technology that's available to you, like Zoom, like Teams, uh, like the Google suite of things, like, um, you know, for this podcast, we you shared with me a document on Google Docs, a lot more of that stuff now where you can share stuff around the world and share documents. Before, you would have needed a whole setup um, um. to do that. And now it's just easy. The other big theme is... There's a lot more of what are called digital nomads now than they used to be. And what a lot of people do is offer themselves out to do services. So say this podcast, um, you shared you, you don't want to edit the podcast yourself, but you could find someone in Chiang Mai that all they do is edit podcasts and you pay them a fee. So from a, a global theme point of view... It's less about if you want to start a small business. It's not necessarily about you hiring staff and getting a physical location, which is what you used to do. Now you can employ people remotely and you could never meet them. And that was not probably as possible 20 years ago. Like the only people that were outsourcing jobs 20 years ago would have been banks mm. uh, and large corporates call to call centers yeah. and to India and... Uh, you know, Singapore used to be considered a low-cost location and um, outsource. So now that you can do that on a micro level, you know, you can delegate tasks and find someone that you pay per hour or on a retainer. Um, so again, when you start looking into this stuff, it just you realise you're not on your own trying to do something. Someone's already solved a lot of this. 
Um, and so that makes it a lot easier to go and do some of these things. Then I think things like Airbnb have changed things a lot as well. Like before, maybe if you were traveling, you've got to stay in hostels. Now it's a lot easier to rent somewhere for a week, two months, three months. It's not about, whereas here, you usually have got to get a lease for 12 months. Mm. So actually being able to move around is a lot easier than it used to be. Mm. And then there's just so many case studies of people doing this stuff now and sharing and podcasts. Yes. Um, th- that's definitely been an eye-opener for me. You know, I probably spent two years listening to people like Johnny FD and London Real and them having different people that aren't famous people, they're just normal people. People that, are just doing their thing. Yeah, right. and, and then they say, oh, I've built a million-dollar business selling park benches again. Yeah. You know, and you're like, wow, like I assumed entrepreneurs had to be like Richard Branson and people like that. It's like, no, and even a quarter of a million-dollar business is a tiny, tiny micro-business. Mm. Like if you weren't 250 grand, you might be like, wow, that's great, but you're a tiny business. So I think it's easier more than ever now to go and find someone that resonates with you. And whether it is that traveler type or whether it is the internet mogul earning loads, you can go and listen to more information. And the technology's there, it's cheap. You, it's just about, I think like you said, like lifting the veil of, I have to work for a big corporate if I want to earn good money. And I have to put loads of hours in. I have to work my ass off and do 100-hour weeks. Um, and, yeah, there's an element of you've got to do the work, but it's just having that realisation that actually there's lots of other things you could do. The world is different now. Yeah. Just go and give it a shot. Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for coming. Thanks for sharing. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Cool. Nice. I hope you learned something useful today and truly appreciate that you took time off to better your life with the financial coconut. Knowledge is that much more powerful and interesting when shared, debated and discussed. Join our community telegram group, follow us on our social, sign up for our weekly newsletter. Everything is in the description below. And if you love us, will help us grow, definitely share the podcast with your friends and on your socials. Also, if you have some interesting thoughts to share or know someone that you want to hear more from, reach out to us through hello at thefinancialcoconut.com. With that, have a great day ahead. Stay tuned next week and always remember, personal finance can be chill, clear and sustainable for all. So we have three questions that we ask everyone. Yeah. And the first one is, what is a core life principle that you hold closely to? Yes, I gave this some thought. So I think it would be do it well. Whatever task you're given, go and do it to the best of your abilities. So I remember when I joined KPMG, which is the accountancy firm that I joined, and one of the partners gave a speech and said, right, when we go out on audit... I'm going to ask you sometimes to do things like photocopying. And you're going to think, I'm a graduate. Why am I photocopying? <laughs> and he says, because I could photocopy as a partner, but you can't do my job. Mm. So what we need is people to just give the best they can and do whatever role. And that's always stuck with me. And I think whenever I was in a corporate job, I was always wanted to be the best employee I could be. 
And that opens a lot of doors. So if you are looking to ask for a sabbatical and you're the lowest graded person at, at work, guess what? Maybe they're <laughs> going to say none. But if you are their A-star player and you work really hard and you're awesome at everything you do, it'll be a lot easier and people will bend over backwards to say, look, we really want, really want to retain you, so we're going to let you have a six months or 12 months off. Um, same when I moved into online business. You know, I want to I want to research it. I want to do the best I can. I want to find role models. Um, when I moved into financial advisory, who are the best financial advisors in the world? I want to emulate them. So it's not that I think I'm the best, but it's that whatever I do, I want to do well at it. And I think if more people could have that attitude without assuming there's anything in it for them, then they'll find people bend over backwards to help them. Nice. Good stuff. The next one is, uh, what is a personal finance advice that you feel needs to be further propagated? Well, I would say some things we've touched on. You don't need to be number savvy to be interested in investing and, and lifestyle planning, which is kind of what we're talking about. So I think it's, uh, I'm going to give you three. So one is get more excited about building a vision for yourself. Two is, I think most investments for most people should only be tracker funds mm. and they shouldn't be picking individual stocks and funds. Taking a stand here. Um, mm. Yeah, and, and so people should go and look into that and, and there's, I'm, I'm sure there's, that's a whole podcast in itself. Um, and something I see here is a lot of people using insurance for investing. Don't use insurance for investing unless it's for tax planning and very specific. So... Go and drive your own lifestyle planning. Get excited about it. Don't assume you need complicated products. Go and investigate index trackers. And for most people, you can build your dream lifestyle with just that setup. Nice. Thank you. Number three is uh, which part of your life are you giving additional focus on now? Um, it's probably health, fitness, and, and time management. So whenever you start a new project... That's like three focus. It is, but they're all <laughs> interrelated because I've thrown myself into uh, building my client base and helping people and researching what people should do. So I've probably got the, the health and fitness bit. I've probably neglected a bit more. So I'm trying to move, get better with my time management and move more into health and fitness. Thank you. Wish you all the best. Thank you very Thank much. You. Thank you. Awesome. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.